Howdy, boys and girls. There was college football on my television last weekend. Carla is on my computer right now as we speak, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that means it's time to start the 10th season of the Carla and Crappy Show, uh, guest starring Baby Fox. Carla! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Carla, how are you? I We're hanging in. Um, we're getting close to baby, but um, but yes, there was college football on my TV this weekend too, and it was glorious. Oh, man, it was so good just to turn that stuff on and see like, there's a Big Ten game. Oh, my God, there's a Big Ten game. Yep. And, it's, and it's not from five years ago that <laughs> squished down into an hour. Um I, I, I did. I didn't want this to. to I didn't want anyone to, to say that that Baby Fox is actually uh, a baby yet. <laughs> but um, you're you're getting close. Yes, correct? getting getting close. Yep, we're just a few. We're just a handful of weeks away now at this point. Okay. So okay, um, we're, we hope to get Carla. You know, more or less through through September. Um, but uh, she's we're not the ones that that have a say in how that's going to go. <laughs> also true. <laughs> uh, Carla, Carla isn't really the one who has a say in how this is going to go either. It's just going to we'll, we'll figure that out when we get there. Um, and then I'm still uh, planning on, um, you know, how we get through the season until she's ready to return until she uh, she comes off the um, the reserve list or whatever we can whatever we can call it. But um, in the meantime, there's no reason just to not treat this like it's college football season because college football season it is so we're so glad it's back so glad it's back um and i know there's there's little little mentions of COVID here and there and and but it, i i it really feels like this one is this year is going to be close-ish to to normal um once uh once we uh, everyone gets started hi charlie once everyone gets started here's my baby um <laughs> thank you buddy uh once we get started in earnest this weekend uh like say with ohio state at Minnesota on Thursday night. Yeah. Um, I might, I might be up to, for watching that one. Um, let's, let's do some non-football football stuff first. Okay. Um, and this is stuff we all kind of, we touched on a little bit, uh, sorta, um, in our, our summertime special. Um, but, but again, things, things have changed again, sort of, we're not really sure what it means. Um, yeah. but there's a thing called the Alliance, which makes me, makes me hear the star Wars, the empire theme done, 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 Um, this is a, this is some kind of agreement, uh, between the big 10, the PAC 12 and the ACC. Um, I think probably intentionally there isn't a whole lot that we know about what's going to happen with this, what it's going to mean. It, um, there's a, there's apparently an emphasis on continuing non-revenue sports emphasis on the importance of student athletes. Um, there will be some kind of scheduling component. Uh, we don't know what that means. Um, presumably this group will act as a voting block uh, to maybe serve as a foil to uh, the, the real evil empire um, in the SEC. <laughs> um, we know, and we'll get to this a, a little bit more, um, uh, they're going to pump the brakes, uh, it appears, on playoff expansion. Um, it, it may be, uh, at least initially, we'll see how that goes. Um, and, and in the case of the Pac-12, uh, they are not expanding. And, and that pack, the Pac-12 said that specifically. Notable to me that the Big Ten and the ACC did not. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but we'll get, we'll get to, we'll, we'll talk about expansion a little bit uh, in, in, in just a second. I, I, Carla, I know there isn't a whole lot we can actually say about this because there isn't a whole lot that we actually know um, but uh, what is your impression about this announcement that came last week and, and what it might mean in the future? Yeah, it's an, in, an interesting thing. Um, 
because it was previewed for such a long time and then you know mm-hmm. for like several days before the announcement was officially made which was yeah. kind of interesting yeah. um a couple of like quick thoughts about it is that i i think the the brakes were pumped on on playoff expansion at this point because everybody's just trying to figure out what this alliance means mm-hmm. um i i still think it's going to come back into into play um yeah i think so I, too I, I, because there's so much momentum around that proposal that yeah. I think it's going to come back. Um, so where I see this alliance kind of being beneficial is I think for those three conferences, it's a really interesting idea when you, when it comes along the, the idea of, of getting playoff berths, um, because it's going to immediately kind of give them a leg up a little bit over an SEC that now has to schedule so many conference games. Yeah. That now here you're going to have three conferences that are you're assuming that every every team will play at least one other team in one of the other two conferences, mm-hmm. I, and that's going to take a while to sort out. And I think that's probably why we don't have a lot of information about this because right. there's already so many agreements years down the road. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I I think that could be a beneficial thing, right? That's always been the one of the biggest knocks on um, sometimes the big 10 in particular mm-hmm. in the lack of um, and it's getting, it's getting a lot better, but the lack of strong non-conference opponents. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I um, would, I would at this point say I'm obligated to point out that uh, no one in the big 10 is playing Presbyterian. Right. At, at any point. Agreed. Um, SEC folks. Yeah. But this is going to even help that even further. Yes. You know, I yes. mean, if you're guaranteed to play a, a, a Pac-12 team and an ACC team, finally, we're going to be able to have some some measuring sticks, right? Right. right? To see how, the, how these conferences play up against each other. So I, I like that uh, that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this benefits the Pac-12 more than anybody else. Um, uh, definitely. Because definitely. it's going to get them better playing time. Um, because they'll, you know, the 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 West the East Coast bias is is not going to be able to be a thing anymore um, because they're going to want to schedule those games at times that East yeah. coast teams are able to, to watch it. So I think the winner in all of this is the PAC 12. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree, but it'll be interesting to see how it all kind of all plays out and what it means outside of, I mean, it's going to, it's going to be real fun at basketball season, um, but the big yes. 10, the ACC already kind of had an agreement, mm-hmm. um, but it'll be interesting to see how that kind of plays out in other sports that aren't football. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll just kind of wait and see what more information comes out. The thing I am curious about, and this is uh, because I'm always curious about what you know possibilities are for uh, for for more involvement with uh, with Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame has a multi-year agreement with the ACC in place. Uh, they have to play, according to this agreement, five ACC teams a season. Um, this is as this is not as a member of the ACC in football. Uh, they are a member of the ACC and everything else except for hockey. Um, but I'm, I'm, how does that work with them? Um, are they just considered to be part of the ACC for this agreement? Uh, or do they suddenly, um, do they got to figure out, uh, you know, are, are they, do they schedule more Big Ten teams? They usually play one or two. Um, right. There's Southern Cal every year, Stanford a lot of years. I think that's a, that's been a longstanding thing for, for a, a few years now. Mm-hmm. Um, really curious about how that goes. Yeah. Um, and if that's a if that's a nudge at some point to to get them to to consider not being an independent, um, maybe perhaps wishful thinking on my part, um, because I, I'm, I, I will make this clear once again, I would love to see Notre Dame in the Big Ten, but um, and I don't know that this would would mean that or if they would consider it. But um, that is one of the things that I'm really curious about how this would would go. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that we're going to find out much else like during the course of the season. 
uh, because some of this is just, you know, scheduling component, as you said, college football schedules are done so far ahead of time. Yeah. Um, non-conference schedules that, uh, you know, you can, you can uh, tinker with those a little bit, but um, it would take a lot of heavy lifting, I think, to, to actually get some kind of scheduling thing in place in the next couple of years. So uh, for right now, it is just, it feels like, I mean, I guess I don't want to say hypothetical because they, they stood in front of their, their uh, zoom calls and all said, this is an agreement and we're going to do this. And the reporter said, great, what are you going to do? And they're like, well, we're going to do it. <laughs> um, so we'll see, we'll see how that's, that, how that uh, plays out. Um, that's something that, that you and I could probably, if we want to keep this show going, you know, for year 15, we'll still be talking about the Big Ten, Pac-12, ACC Alliance, and maybe what would happen. I don't know. Um, I, I did want to touch on expansion. We, we talked about this a lot uh, in, the, in the summer show. Um, I, and I, I'm curious because uh, two things. Uh, number one, the, the, the Pac-12 uh, announcement uh, that came just a couple of days ago. Uh, that they're not pursuing expansion right now, and and the uh, the deafening silence of the Big Ten and the ACC on the same point. Um, also, uh, read stuff just uh, yesterday or today that uh, the Big Twelve is pursuing or is considering uh, uh, pursuing BYU. Um, my question, I, and this is the, the big question that I came came uh, across because I, I don't think. You know, if last year, if the Big 12 had had said something to the BYU, I think BYU is like, yeah, well, well, let's get us in a power five or power five conference. Mm -hmm. The big question that, that comes to my mind, Carla, and this I'm curious to hear what you think. After Texas and Oklahoma leave, is the Big 12 still a power five conference? that's that's a good question and i also think that's why we haven't heard anything out of the other conferences because mm -hmm. i think it's you know it, it's kind of the for, the formation of the alliance was kind of the your move big 12 mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. to kind of force their hand a little bit to figure out what they wanted to do were they going to start pursuing other teams or were you going to start to see individual schools start to reach out to other conferences mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I um I think it was kind of a forced hand kind of deal. Um, yeah. You know, will, will the, and I think BYU is kind of the linchpin in all this. Like it's the, it's, it's the key component here. If, if, if the big 12 can talk BYU into coming into the, into the conference, then mm -hmm. I think there's a chance that the big 12 could remain a power five conference. Mm -hmm. um, if you bring a, a program like that in, um, if BYU says, yeah, thanks, but no, thanks. Then I think you're, we're starting to talk about the demise of the big 12. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then maybe we start hearing these things from uh, the other um, conferences, yeah. you know, about, yeah. about considering expansion and, and all that. But so I think this is kind of a, it's a little bit of a cat and mouse game at this point, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. BYU might, if BYU says yes, it might keep the big 12 as a power five. Might. Uh, it might. Um uh... I, 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 it might is the is the is the right answer. I'm not sure that it does. Um, or you know, if they add BYU and uh, you know, Cincinnati, um, you're adding group of five teams to what is in a lot of ways a, a the remnants of the Big Twelve is kind of feels like a group of five conference, um, and then 
you know, the, the timing of this is tough on the Big 12. I mean, if they want to continue being a, a, a big time conference, they need to do something quickly because whenever playoff expansion comes up again, right? you know, does the Alliance plus the SEC look at the Big 12 and say, ah, sorry, you're not you're, you're, you're not one of the big boys anymore. Right. Um, even if, 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 you know, if it, it still exists as a conference, um, I'm still, I, I, I said pretty clearly when, uh, when we did the summer show that I, I, I think uh, one way or the other, the big 12 is done uh, in its current form as a, as a conference uh, because of, of Texas and Oklahoma leaving. And I, and I, I guess I still feel that way. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm dubious that even adding BYU uh, and I'm not sure they can get BYU. I mean, what, what do you, what do you offer them? Right. Um, you, Better I don't, TV I, exposure? I, like, <sighs> that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it, I, I, I don't, I, I just, it just feels like to me still, I mean, there, there are lots of questions to be, to, to, to go over and, and a lot of things could happen, but I, I'm having a hard time seeing the big 12 continue to be a power five conference after, after the two big boys leave. Um, I, I don't think Oklahoma State is is a uh, is a marquee program. I don't think Iowa State is, although I would love to have them in the Big Ten. Um, Kansas is a marquee program in basketball. Right. Um, mm, there's not there's not a whole lot left there, uh, and and uh, I'll be curious to see how that how that goes. Um, but if you're if you are a diehard Big Twelve person. Um, I'm not sure that, that you're going to have a conference uh, in five years or, or whatever it may be. Um, for this year, however, Oklahoma and Texas are still in the Big 12. And the Big 12 is still a Power 5 conference. Um, and it seems like Oklahoma has a pretty good team this year. Um, so this is, this is a good point for us to bring up this. The, the thing we do with the, the first show every year is pick our final fours. Um, for uh, that will come up, um, you know, when when baby fox is two years old and <laughs> been through this season. Yeah. Um, I, I, you and I've talked about how chalky this can be, um, and I, I don't really see a whole lot of difference this season. Um, uh, you know, it, it's like the, there's two, and then maybe one half that's usually there, and then a wild card, and, and we'll see how it goes. But um, Carla? Yes. Who is your who is in your final four uh, for the 2021-22 uh, football season? I, I, and I hate to admit that I'm pretty chalk, but we talk about this every year, and yeah. I'm pretty chalk. Yeah. Um, even with all the losses um, to graduation and NFL draft and all those things, and um, I mean, Alabama's sitting at the top still, you know, and what even, you know, what are you going to do? And you know, we'll talk more about this when we get into their game, but mm -hmm. um, I mean, the hire of Bill O'Brien, mm -hmm. that offense is going to keep moving. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it doesn't really, doesn't matter really yep. who's, who's playing. Yep. Um, so, so yeah, so, so I've got Alabama. Um, I've got Clemson again. Hey, Clemson. Um, how, you know, we saw, how unusual. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, we saw DJU last year, you yes. know, he, in those yeah. couple of games and <laughs> he might be better than Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, that's, that's possible. Yeah. Um, and so as long as he's got a line in front of him um, mm -hmm. and, and that defense can, can shore up a little bit. I 
Clemson's probably going to run the table again in the ACC. Who's going to stop them? Miami, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so I, I have Alabama and Clemson again. Yes. Um, I'm 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 putting your Buckeyes in. Um, hey. Which you know, because I think whoever wins the Big Ten is going to get in, and I yes. and I think this year maybe more so than any time in the past four years that we've had, that we've had this show, I feel much more confident about an Ohio state mm-hmm. um, conference title this year, even though and it was an interesting fact brought up by game day because um, yeah, that came back on, um, <laughs> on Saturday yep. um, that this is the first time in like, like 60 some years that the starting quarterback at, at Ohio state will have zero passing attempts. True. It's true. Um, so even, even with that inexperience and still trying to, to figure out, you know, who's, who's filling the roles of everybody that, that went to the NFL, mm-hmm. I, 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 Penn state and Wisconsin are probably your two best chances to get somebody other than Ohio state in the playoff. But yep. I, I just, I don't see it this year. Okay. Um, so, so those are my three, um, the fourth one's kind of interesting. Um, I, I narrowed it down to three teams. Oh, geez. Okay. So there are four, there's, there are three teams I think can, can vie for this fourth spot. Mm-hmm. Um, Oklahoma, like you mentioned, yes. um, Oklahoma looks really, really good on paper. It all boils down to their, I mean, their offense is going to be spectacular, mm-hmm. right? Spencer Rettler and that offense is going to be spectacular. It all boils down to the same thing we talk about out of, of Oklahoma every year. Uh, can the defense perform yes. consistently? Yes. It's getting better, but that's always been the knock against Oklahoma. They can't play defense. So Oklahoma yes definite possibility another possibility mm-hmm. georgia mm-hmm. this should be georgia's year we've said that before should be jt daniels <laughs> we, we we've said that before right exactly and that's why and, and, and that's I, will, why, I will be talking more about that uh in a little bit but yes and yes. that's why i'm hedging my bet here because we've said this about georgia before and they've underperformed um and we'll talk more about them, you know, later in the show too. So, so George is a possibility there. And if you really want to get wild and crazy, just for something silly, Woo-hoo. yes, put Cincinnati in the mix. Okay. Okay. Um, that's a good Cincinnati team. Um, arguably, you know, there, there were a lot of arguments about putting them in the playoff last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, got a lot of returners. Um, and they've got two legit games on their schedule. Indiana yeah. and Notre Dame. Yes. And so if they win both, both of those are on the road too. Yeah. Like, so if they can pull off something in, I would say even one of those two games, mm-hmm. I think you have to put them into consideration. My gut right now says the fourth team is going to be Oklahoma, mm-hmm. but I think any one of those other three teams, um, it, the, the fourth team in the playoff will be red and black. I can guarantee sure. you that. Sure. Um, but I, I will lean Oklahoma right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I had, when I got to that, uh, that last spot, I had a similar debate, although not completely with similar teams. Um, Alabama, uh, Clemson. Mm-hmm. Um, in, 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 in I, I, Ohio state is next, although I have them fourth in the fourth spot of my, of my list. Excuse me here. Um, and maybe hedging bets a little bit, just based on the fact I, you know, C.J. Stroud, um, by all accounts, is 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 an excellent quarterback. Um, had a really long quarterback draw, uh, run for a touchdown, uh, some game late in the the, the twenty twenty season. Um, so I mean, the the, the dual um, threat thing is real, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, 
I picked Oklahoma uh, for that for that for the wild card spot. I have them third uh, in my in in my in my my listing here. Um, I could have. I, I thought about Iowa State, uh, yeah. and that's that's something that will probably get decided head to head. Um, Cincinnati, I, I, I if they, I think they largely determine what happens themselves, and if they can win on the road, um, if they win the, uh, the 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 state of Indiana championship, um, winning yeah. at Notre Dame and 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 at Indiana, um, then man, you got to give them a look. Uh, that's, yep. that's, that would be really tough, uh, to, to keep them out at that point. Um, but, uh, Oklahoma's offense is going to be a uh, nightmarish. Um, if you have to play them or you, you might have to play them. Um, Charlie is sitting on my mouse, so I can't <laughs> my notes. Oh, no, he's making the thing. Hey, you, come here. Ouch. Now, cats biting me. Um. <laughs> uh. I, I, so this is so. I, I, Alabama in order. Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State. This is this is not a prediction. Um. But I I can see. I I I am I am this confident about Oklahoma, and yet, you know, that's for some reason is still like the 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 variable in my final four. But I would not be surprised to see Oklahoma come away with the title. Um, the defense has gotten better every year, uh, mm-hmm. especially uh, since um, Ohio State's own uh, Alex Grinch uh, arrived there to be the defensive coordinator. Uh, and, and Spencer Radler is um, maybe I could see a contest between Rattler and, and DJ at Clemson, um, you know, who's going to have the best quarterback numbers this season. But yeah, uh, that, that's I, I would not be stunned. I would not be stunned. Um, if if Oklahoma kind of uh, sneaks its way into this thing and comes away with a national championship. Um, but that is a long way down the road. Um, and we have many, many games to discuss before we get there. And we're going to start by giving AJ his shot uh, at the inaugural Group of Five slash Pac-12 After Dark report. I did want to tell you this one thing. Um, you will have a number of uh, uh, late night feedings yes. coming up during this football season. I will. Um, that is that is actually where AJ's. He he told us as we were having a dinner with them uh, at their place a, a few weeks ago. Um, right after they had their son, AJ volunteered. I'll handle, honey. I'll handle the late night feedings on Saturdays, and started watching all the the craziness on the West Coast. <laughs> um, and that's that was the root of. Uh, the Pac-12 After Dark, which is what, what this started with, and then is, it has spread beyond that to uh, AJ's love of all things Group of Five, and and uh, and and as we saw last year, he's not wrong um, because yeah. that is that is that is some fun fun football. AJ, what you got for us this week? Hey everybody, it's your pal AJ back again for another season of college football. We made it. There are people in the stands, and we decided to open the season with Nebraska and Illinois. Gross. Anyways, uh, after watching a game that involved scores scores like two nothing and nine to eight and six to two, uh, I think we can have some real college football now. 
So let's start on Thursday, September 2nd. By the way, uh, for those of you who are new here, I normally cover West Coast and Group of Five games because um, I'm like that email you get with like recipes of like, hey, what do I do with all this ham? Uh, that's what I'm here for. So I'm going to help you pick out games that are not the big games, not the game day games, none of those, just games that are fun that you should probably keep an eye on. First up, Boise at UCF on Thursday, September 2nd. UCF minus four and a half, 7 p.m. on ESPN. I gotta be really honest, this is a game I wanted like four years ago. I don't know that I want it right now, right? Like four years ago, this would be amazing. That would have been like peak Brian Harson and peak UCF. It would have been great, right? But now we have two new coaches. I don't even remember who the coach is at Boise State right now. Uh, but Gus Malzahn's at UCF. So that's a phrase we can all say. And, uh, you know, I don't know how this is going to go, right? You, you're going to have two new coaching staffs doing two new things, you know, installing new offenses, new defenses, trying to put their stamp on these programs. So the Gus era starts now. Let's see how he does without insane boosters, trying to fire him constantly. That's really what we're looking for here out of this game. Uh, later on that evening, 10 p.m., because <laughs> late night football back already. Hooray! Uh, by the way, I, yes, I did watch uh, Southern Utah against San, San Jose State. Yes, I did watch that game. It was great. We've got FCS upset alert. Uh, Eastern Washington at UNLV on stadium. So you're going to have to go find this on the internet somewhere. Uh, Eastern Washington is a perennial FCS power. And their quarterback is a preseason All-American. UNLV is not. They're actually quite bad. Um, so this is a classic good to great FCS team playing a not very great uh, FBS team. So go ahead and just scoreboard watch for this one and then uh, figure out how to get the stadium. I think you got to go through Facebook. I don't know. Just go look for a stadium on the internet. You'll find it. I promise. Uh, let's move on to Friday, September 3rd. We have another FCS upset alert. We have South Dakota going to Kansas, 8 p.m. on ESPN+. So get out your bundles for this one. South Dakota, not South Dakota State, they're different schools. It's a relatively good FCS team, and Kansas is Kansas. And they're particularly Kansas this time around. So go ahead and watch the scoreboard. Additional FCS upset alert, South Dakota State at Colorado State, 9 p.m. on FS1. South Dakota State, not South Dakota, goes is a very, very good FCS team uh, and generally uh, is competing with North Dakota State. You know them. Uh, for FCS bragging rights and playoff games and so on and so forth. They're going to Colorado State. Colorado State's not that good. Again, watch the scoreboard. Pay attention to your South Dakotas on Friday. That's what we're doing. Saturday, September 4th, Fresno State at Oregon. Oregon minus 20 and a half, right? You're going to say, AJ, why should I pay attention to this game? It's at 2 p.m. on the Pac-12 network. So, AJ, how could I pay attention to this game? Uh, the answer is that Oregon, this is their tune-up game before Ohio State. Fresno State just pasted UConn 45-0. That's not exactly a big thing to say, but still, Fresno State is actually a pretty good football team going to Oregon, and Oregon might have their eyes on Ohio State and not Fresno State. So keep this one in mind. Try to find if you have Pac-12 Network on your cable subscription. Spoiler alert, you probably don't. Let's move on. Louisiana at Texas. Texas minus 8, 4.30 p.m. on Fox. 
the Sark era begins, and instead of playing some, I don't know, cupcake game inside of Texas, they got to play Louisiana. Louisiana is like number is like a top five returning production team according to Bill C's SP Plus. Uh, you can find that on ESPN Plus now. Uh, Louisiana is a very good football team. They were they were returned basically everybody. Uh, I think the odds on this game are way off, and Louisiana has a much better chance at this game than Texas minus eight. Plus, how mad are Longhorn fans going to be when they ponied up all the money to get rid of Tom Herman and all the money to go hire Sark? And then lose to Louisiana at home, game one. Woo! <laughs> I'm just thinking about the spice on that one. Let's move along. San Jose State at USC. USC minus 14, 5 p.m. on the Pac-12 network. Again, you might not be able to see this game. Just throwing that out there. San Jose State, normally cannon fodder. Not cannon fodder anymore. Nick Starkle is a very, very good quarterback. He finally found a home. Right? It's like a puppy who, you know, went to a couple bad places, lived on the street for a bit, and then they finally found a good, loving home for him. Nick Starkle is awesome at San Jose State. They're playing really, really good football, even though they really kind of only sort of have half a stadium. They're playing at USC. This could be fun, is all I'm saying. Just keep your eyes on this one. Uh, actual good game alert. Texas Tech at Houston. Texas Tech minus one and a half. This is a neutral site game, 7 p.m. on ESPN. Uh, two relatively even teams. Houston, pretty good. Texas Tech, also okay. And this is being played at a neutral site at Energy Stadium in Houston. This is a G5-P5 game that could go either way. And Texas Tech being uh, one and a half point favorite at a neutral site. <laughs> I want to watch the heck out of this game. Additional possible good game, if a bit dull to watch. Nevada at Cal, 10.30 p.m. on FS1, baby. That's right, West Coast football back. Uh, Nevada has a really, really high-flying offense. Cal has a very, very good defense. Cal does not have an offense, so it's not like they're going to score points. Over-under this game is 52.5. Smash that under. Uh, or Nevada's going to be doing a lot of work here. Uh, and finally on Saturday, Portland State at Hawaii, 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm only mentioning this game to pay my respects to the legend Robert Kakala, R.I.P. Robert Kakala. Uh, the sport lost a hero uh, and a legend, and uh, rest in power, Robert Kakala. Also, uh, we're not done yet. <clears throat> Saturday, September 5th, are we talking about FSU, Notre Dame? <laughs> absolutely not. No, absolutely not. I don't care about that game in the slightest. What I do care about, HBCU Showcase. We've got Jackson State at FAMU, 3 p.m. ESPN2. Uh, Coach Prime leads Jackson State to Miami to face FAMU, uh, Florida A&M. I really do hope ESPN brings in uh, Mark Jones, Robert Griffin III, yes, that RG3, and Jay Walker. This is the group that called the Alcorn State uh, NC Central game last week. They had an absolute blast. It was super fun to watch. They showed the bands. It's really, really great. I really do hope ESPN continues to showcase the HBCUs, uh, but it should just be fun to watch these two teams play. And finally, uh, Grambling at or Grambling versus Tennessee State uh, on 4 p.m. on the on this uh, channel that involves the NFL, the NFL Network. I guess they have their own channel now. Uh, Eddie George makes his coaching debut as the head coach of Tennessee State uh, at Canton. Yes, that Canton, the Hall of Fame, that one. Um, it's awesome to see HBCUs get national, tele national television attention. 
Uh, they deserve so much more than what they get. They truly have talented teams, deep traditions. The bands are amazing. And just, just put them on TV. Also, uh, during these games, when it goes to halftime, go find the undefeated. Uh, the undefeated will show the halftime in its entirety in the all 22 format. Shout out to Carla uh, for getting her. She can get her band geek on on these ones. So please watch these. Your Big Ten bands could never. Uh, this has been the Group of Five HBCU West Coast Football Report. Just let's eat the whole hog. Football's back. Let's go. Thank you, AJ. It's only fair that since he got to talk about actual games this weekend, Carla, you and I should do the same. Hooray! Yay! And we're gonna start. You know, is it? We're starting. We're starting. This is the, the start of the 10th season right here. <laughs> right here. And we start with Big Nude, <laughs> a thing that did not exist 10 years ago. Yep. Um, Saturday, Big Nude, uh, number 19, your number 19, Penn State Nittany Lions at number 12, Wisconsin. The Badgers are favored by four and a half points. Um, this is one in a stream of really good uh, top 25 on top 25 teams uh, games um, that are coming up this, uh, this uh, I'll say all day Saturday. Um, what do you think about this one? I'm getting the second year in a row now that we've, okay. that we've started the season, the big 10 season mm -hmm. with me being nervous about an opponent. <laughs> right. Yeah. La and we know how that went last year. We do. We do know how that went last year. We're going to talk a little bit about that. I think, um, so, so yeah, I'm getting real tired of starting my college football season, uh, uh, you know, sitting on my hands a little bit here. Um, and this is just kind of the beginning for, for Penn state this year, because yeah. they've got two huge tests in the first three weeks. They've got mm -hmm. Wisconsin, you know, right off the bat and then, you know, a little bit of a, a breather and then, um, you know, hosting Auburn is no joke either. Yeah. Um, on, on the 18th. So, so this is a big start for this team and, and, you know, it's Penn state had the season last year of, you know, they were oh oh and what own four, oh and five. Mm -hmm. Um waiting for that first win. And you know, it was it was the it's the pandemic. We had kids sitting out, it was yeah. just lots of stuff yeah. going on. And we're gonna find out real quickly this season whether or not that was legit. Mm. Um it's it's time to kind of figure out like, you know, if the rebound at the end of the season was actually what the team had the potential to be. Will the real Penn State please stand please up? Please stand up. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of where we're going to be for these for these next three weeks. On paper, the offense should be okay. Um, mm -hmm. And this is so weird to say about a Penn State team, but we've said it a lot in the last couple of years. The big question here is the defensive line. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, and, and that's not a great question mark to have in week one when you're going up against a running back like Jalen Berger. Right. Right. Um, the one thing playing in, in Penn State's favor here is the fact that at, the, at, at running back for Wisconsin, they don't have a ton of depth. Mm -hmm. And that, that was always, that's the mojo of Wisconsin, right? It's a back, yeah. a different back and a different back and a different back, giving you yep. different looks, different schemes. Right now it's kind of Jalen Berger and they're not sure who else. Um, so that's a glimmer of hope, but man, for a unit that, that, you know, is a little bit questionable to start a season against a good running back like that that's a tough ask especially on the road um on the wisconsin side um grant mertz wowed us all in, in week one last year i remember we were it was a friday night game and we were texting each other mm -hmm. and we were like who is Holy, this kid who is this kid right exactly <laughs> we're like like wisconsin's gonna win the big 10 and then he just kind of fizzled out it was yeah. like that one game and then fizzled and so we're gonna find out what Graham Mertz is really all about yes. this year. Yes. Um, 
Wisconsin brings back a whole bunch of, of, of experience and, and depth out of the best, um, best defensive unit in the conference mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they also, uh, they, they bring back eight starters on their yes. conference bed, um, yeah. defensive unit. This is a tough ask of Penn state. I I'm going to, I mean, I have to pick my nits, right? Like that's, I can't pick against them in week one. Sure. Um, and, and I think there will be some motivation here after what happened against Indiana last year. Mm-hmm. I think for, for the, for the players that went through that in week one, I think that will be a motivating factor here, but this game's going to be tight. It's going to come down to the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll say Penn state ekes it out Okay. behind Sean Clifford. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough Saturday for me, I think. It's um, I I, I want to see Sean Clifford, uh, be able to play in a more comfortable position than he did for much of last year, mm-hmm. um, and th- and that wasn't that wasn't all of his fault. As you you, you referenced, um, the, the guys who set out as they they were permitted to do, um, there were injuries, uh, particularly among the running backs. Um, there was I I I want to say it's kind of inexperienced offensive line. Yeah. Um, and, and I recall just, you know, watching Penn state, especially the, the first half of the season, uh, Sean Clifford is just being put in a position where he's got to win the game. And I, and he's mm-hmm. not, he's not that guy. He is right. not that quarterback. He's a very good quarterback. I've seen him, you know, when he gets in rhythm, um, he, he plays very, very well, but he's got to be able, he's got to have running backs behind him. He's got to have a running game behind him. Um, and for too much of last season, uh, they, they didn't, Penn State didn't have that. Um, right. So, and now, now I'm like, but, you know, so I think that's going to get better, but <laughs> and then we're talking about Wisconsin's um, rushing defense, number one in the conference, um, fifth in the country. Uh, certainly, uh, they had to replace a couple of guys in the interior line, um, but I, I think just as it is, they 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 have the best linebacker group in the conference. Um, and and to me, uh, that adds up to kind of more of the same. Um, if if Penn State has trouble running the ball on Saturday. Um, and they might. I mean, that that's mm-hmm. that's what Wisconsin does. Um, there, that that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. I, I, we, the good news, Carla, is it, uh, Penn State is going to be better this year. I I, I really yeah. believe that. Um, but uh, Camp Randall is a really really tough place to try to get well. Um, At least I, it's a noon kick. That's there's yeah, that. Yeah, there's that. Um, it's I I I I gotta pick I gotta pick Wisconsin in this one I I uh, I I'm, I'm you know Big Ten East and I I want I have that that solidarity and I want to see it happen but um, I, I think Wisconsin's gonna start this season off with a win there uh, three thirty on Saturday the annual sacrificial lamb bowl in Atlanta <laughs> Georgia uh, this is where number one Alabama um, invites some ranked team. To come play them on the first game of the of the first week of the season, um, and, uh, and 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 just slaughters them because that's that's how it goes. This uh, this year's victim, number fourteen, Miami. Bama is favored by eighteen and a half points. Um, I'm excited to see Derek King again. 
yes. this year. I, I, I'm excited to see Miami, but uh, not this game. No. Yeah, no. I, and, and this is, you know, when we were talking about the playoff and, you know, the playoff picks and saying that, you know, that, you know, new quarterback, new running back, mostly new wide receiving core. Mm-hmm. Um, none of that seems to matter with, with Alabama, especially when you've got Bill O'Brien now running the offense. And, yeah, yeah. And, and why I have so much confidence in that is because, I mean, heck, rewind what almost 10 years now mm-hmm. and look at what bill o'brien did at penn state during the yeah. sanction years i mean he he has proven that he can do a lot with a little bit of talent um <laughs> and 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 the backup or the, the new starting talent at alabama mm-hmm. is a heck of a lot better than where he started for there yeah. <laughs> you know so, so he's got he's got a proven track record he doesn't mm-hmm. need the names he doesn't need you know, his, his offense work. I mean, heck he, he lasted longer in the NFL than a lot of college coaches do. Mm-hmm. Um, so give him credit for that. Mm-hmm. Um, the scary part about this is that, you know, as much as there are question marks on offense, as, as much as there can be question marks on offense with mm-hmm. Alabama, um, the defense should actually be better. Um, mm-hmm. and, and this was an Alabama defense that we knocked on a couple of times last year because it was and, not the Alabama defense we were used to. And, and rightly so they had, they had a, a stretch in the middle of the season where they did not uh, look, uh, Alabama esque. Right. Yeah, the game against Ole Miss in particular is the yeah. one that stands yeah, out yeah. to me, where they gave up like what 450 yards or something mm-hmm. ridiculous amount like mm-hmm. that to to a Kiffin offense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So so there were a lot of question marks on now. Al- if, if there was a weakness in that team that won a national title, um, it was that the defense wasn't playing up to Alabama standards. That right. shouldn't be an issue this year because so many um, starters are returning. Um. Miami has that same problem. Um, we're talking about defenses. That's, that's been the problem with Miami. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and, and on the national stage, a couple of times last season, uh, it was painfully obvious that Miami could score with anybody, mm-hmm. but couldn't stop anybody. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and, and you're right. I'm very excited to see Derek King back. Um, and so how Miami has, so the office is going to be fine. Mm-hmm there um but man going up against an alabama defense in week one that's tough um and and how miami has tried to solve the defense problem is that um head coach manny diaz essentially well he demoted his defensive coordinator and then he left um and so manny diaz has named himself defensive coordinator so i I know just the guy yeah um so (laughs) so if he's gonna fix the problem it's gonna be him yeah um so it'll be It'll be really interesting to see how this all kind of plays out for Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I Miami might keep it close early in the first quarter because mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a, it'll be a shootout early. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Miami's not gonna be able to stop that Alabama offense and it, yeah, Alabama wins. I I'm, I'm actually kind of bullish on Miami this season. Um, if, if Derek King is healthy uh, and that's, you know, coming back for an injury, um, that's not as dicey as it used to be, but, but still that's a, that's the thing. If he hasn't lost a step, um, he could be the most fun quarterback in the country to watch. Um, and you know, if we're talking about big schools, uh, I think Miami's defense is going to be better than it's been in a couple years. Um, some of the issues that they've had last year, the year before, uh, that's related to experience. It's related a little bit to discipline. Um, if if those things are are fixed a little bit, um, they, they have talent. Um, they're they're as fast as any Miami team, um, and, I, and I think that's a that is a, 
uh, thing where they will be improved. Um, interesting thing to watch is that they don't they don't have Clemson in the regular season of the ACC. Um, so I could very easily see a, uh, a Miami Clemson ACC title game, which could be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd, I'd be really curious to, to, to see how that goes. Carla, and then here's where you should ask me, Crappy, why are you talking about the ACC title game? Why are you talking about the ACC title game? Because there are only three, maybe four teams capable of beating Alabama this year, and Miami is not one of them. <laughs> That's why. That's why. Uh, Alabama wins this one. Line's probably ultimately pretty close. Yeah. Uh, also at 3.30 on Saturday, number 17, Carla's favorite team. Number 17, Indiana at... Number 18, Iowa. The Hawkeyes are favored by a minuscule three and a half points. What do you think, Carla? Yeah, I was I was going to make a clip about this, but you beat me to it on the, you're going to make me talk about freaking Indiana again I'm in week sorry. one. I know. Yes. Yes. It's the, it's, <laughs> it's the meme from last year's show that just, mm-hmm. it just continues mm-hmm. on. Welcome to 2021. Let's talk about Indiana. Um, <laughs> it's it's fine. Um, Indiana nicely fine. filled the fine. role of yeah we'll get through this um indiana nicely filled the role of both spoiler and overachiever last year yes in the big 10 um spoiled a lot of seasons um based on you know preseason scouting reports and those kinds of things the the overall kind of perception from other coaches in the league was that indiana overachieved for for what they had and good on them you know Mm -hmm. um they they put together a, a heck of a season um someone who didn't overachieve who proved his real strength um, at quarterback was, was Michael Penix. I mm-hmm. mean, he's, he is the real deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and the good news for him is that a very strong receiving core returns. Yes. His leading receivers are all back. So that's that Indiana offense that we saw um, last year for the most part is intact. Um, the biggest challenge for Indiana this year is that, and, and this was the biggest knock on their offense, was they got to find a run game somewhere mm-hmm. to be able to take some of the pressure off of Penix in that pass game, um, kind of throw some defenses off a little bit. Um, there are a few offensive line questions as well, and that would impact the run game. So, so there are still a few question marks here. Um, you know, can, will the offensive line kind of fill itself out? Um, can can Penix stay healthy? Um, you know, and can can they find a run game? Um, but Indiana also has some solid returns on the defensive side of the ball. Yes. So this is, this is going to be another good Indiana team, um, right in the mix of the conversation, I think of, of, of the East, um, are they, are they going to battle for a title? No. Um, but I think they're going to be right in the thick of things. Mm-hmm. Um, it wouldn't stun me if Indiana finished second, um, in the East this year, that that wouldn't, that wouldn't stun me. Um, okay. Iowa, on the other hand, started real slow, the exact mm-hmm. opposite of what Indiana did, um, and then found their rhythm and rolled off six straight in the season. Um, Spencer Petros kind of found his rhythm later on in the season. Right. Um, at quarterback, Tyler Goodson um, returns as running back, and he ended up being a pretty – pretty solid back for, for the Hawkeyes. Um, the challenge for the, for the Hawkeyes this year is that they lost their primary receiving targets. Um, but the replacements that are coming in for them actually were in the rotation pretty regularly. They just, they just weren't starters. Right. So, so they do have quite a bit of experience coming back at the receiver position, even though on paper, it doesn't look like it. Um, something we don't ever talk about with Iowa defense defense has some big roles to fill. They, um, you know, they lost a lot to the NFL and graduation mm-hmm. and, um, 
there's some question marks on the Iowa Hawkeyes defense. And that's not something we are used to talking about where that's when you think Iowa, you think defense. Um, so this is a really interesting matchup. It's, it's the team that, that underperformed at the beginning of the season, but then found its stride versus the team that overachieved the entire 2020 season mm-hmm. um, and landed itself, you know, in, in a really good spot in the big 10. Um, this game is at Iowa. And normally I would say that's an advantage for the Hawkeyes, mm-hmm. but it's an afternoon game. So you lose some of that mystique. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Indiana wins this game, but I think it's going to be really, really close. I, these two teams are pretty evenly matched. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it might be a slow starting game as both these teams kind of get their feet underneath themselves, but I'll lean Indiana. I think they've got the better overall package right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I, um, it's funny when you go, when you look at uh, like team stats uh, for Indiana last year, um, you're, you're kind of like for Indiana, it's impressive. Um, if you're, you know, aware of Indiana's history, uh, the history of the football program. Um, but you're like, how, how did these guys do that? Uh, the, the thing you said about, you know, talking to opposing coaches, it was like, well, they overachieved. I mean, completely. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and they did. Uh, I, I think the, the most noteworthy thing, um, Penix was awesome, uh, before he got hurt. Um, and and you, you mentioned the wide receivers and they they have a bunch of good ones, yeah. Um, but I, the biggest thing was Indiana's defense, um, and and not uh, maybe not overall. They the, the, the numbers were good. Uh, what do I have? A fourth in the conference in scoring defense, fifth in the conference overall uh, defense. Um, but but like seventeen interceptions. Uh, and, and that may be the one stat that, that is the most telling. They were so good at, at takeaways. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that, that will, uh, that's sort of the de facto, um, uh, running game for the offense, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, suddenly the, the offense has the ball again and, and sometimes in pretty good field position. Um, and then you, then there's just intangibles. I mean, that, I, 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 you could, you could argue that the, the, the win over Penn state was, was the biggest win in Indiana's football history. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would, I would tend to, to, to buy into that. Maybe, you know, an IU historian could, could argue uh, uh, something different, but um, I think it's gotta be up there. And then you've got a team that has completely bought into what Tom Allen is selling. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's, that's worth something. That's not, that's not just, uh, you know, hocus pocus, particularly in the, in, in the college game. Um, that that's, that's worth, uh, you know, a couple wins that you might not get. Um, and I'm not, I'm not talking about, uh, Iowa a lot here because I think Indiana is going to win this game. And then, you know, I, I look at kind of the bigger picture, uh, and, and it's, it is a tough road for sure. Um, you mentioned that they play Cincinnati. That game is, is, is in Bloomington. Ohio State is in Bloomington as well. Um, I, uh, Tom Allen's got to be looking at the game at Penn State <laughs> later mm-hmm. this year and going, oh, crap. <laughs> because that's um, – they also got to go to, uh, go to Ann Arbor. Uh, their rivalry game against Purdue is on the road. Um, none of those – uh, you know, whatever jokes we can make about Michigan. Um, none of those are, are, are easy games. Um, so they have, they have a tough, uh, a, a, a tough looking schedule this year. Um, 
but I think they will they will start with the win in Iowa City on Saturday. Um, at four thirty on Saturday, let's let's get into some Group of Five uh, versus. What do we call Texas now? I, I, I don't, who, are, who, who do they belong to? Um, number 23, Louisiana at number 21, Texas. Uh, Longhorns are favored by nine. Um, Sark can't be happy about having this as an opening game, right? I, that, that was my, my first note here is like, <laughs> this is such a trap game. It's not even funny. Like, who did this to me? Right? Yeah. I mean, this don't forget, like this is a Louisiana team that went 10 and one. Their only loss was to Coastal. Um so essentially they ended up declaring it a tie for the, for the Sunbelt title yes, because they didn't yes. play that title game um, due to COVID issues. So, so you have a 10 to one Louisiana team um, that's returning most of its talent mm-hmm. and didn't lose a lot to graduation. Um, and if we remember how, how Louisiana started their season last year, it was by going on the road and beating Iowa state. Oh, Oh wait, Iowa state was good. Right. At the time, we didn't know that, right? Because yeah. I, I yeah, remember exactly. that week one, we saw that and we were like, oh man, Iowa State's in for a long haul this year. Mm-hmm. They just lost Louisiana at home. And then Iowa State was pretty dang good. Yeah. yeah. And so was Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, this is, you know, it, it, this is a dangerous, dangerous game for, for a Texas squad that has a new head coach, an entirely new coaching staff, mm-hmm. starting a, what, what seems to be a red shirt freshman or no, a true freshman. Um, or no, he's a red shirt freshman. Um, Hudson card yes. apparently has won the starting job. Um, and that was just announced the last day or two, I think. I don't know if it's even been officially announced. It was leaked that, that I, he I was think it leading. was. I think I saw that today that it was. Um, okay. and, and Sark said that uh, Casey Thompson is going to play a little bit, um, but 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 Card is the starter. Yeah, it's you know it. The, now the Longhorns do return um, Robinson, the, the running back, who's mm-hmm. really really good last year. So that, so that's a good thing. Um, but the receiving core is still a little bit of a question mark. At this mm-hmm. point, so you got a you know you got a, a, a new starting quarterback, a receiving core. Um, Texas has lost quite a bit on defense, um, but they gained some some really nice grad transfers mm-hmm. to help kind of patch some of that. But which is great, they're bringing in the talent, but it's still overall a new unit. They have yes. these guys haven't played together. Um, this is a dangerous game mm-hmm. for Texas. Um, we were joking earlier today. I, I, about um, a week zero overreaction Monday um, <laughs> after uh, yes. after Nebraska lost to uh, to Illinois, the message boards were going crazy. We were having a, a nice little chuckle about um, what Nebraska fans want to do for their head coaching position. Um, I can only imagine what the overreaction Monday would be like on oh the Orange Bloods website. God, <laughs> if, oh, if just Louisiana the whole state down. I, it would be like catastrophic meltdowns. Yes, it would, yes. it would, I, it, Sark, good on you. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't know who to pick in this game. I really don't. I okay. really, I really think that it is, it is not out, is not a crazy pick to pick Louisiana. Mm-hmm. It would not mm-hmm. be a crazy pick. I, I'm going to say that somehow, some way, Texas figures out a way to win this game. Okay. Because okay. they're playing at home. Yeah with a new head coach. Um, right. You know, I, I think there will be some motivating factor there. I'm going to, th- they will find a way to win this game, but it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> um, and I would, I would not be stunned mm-hmm. if the raging Cajun are the ones that are, you know, 
storming the field at the end of this game. Okay. This is this is gonna be wildly entertaining. So so once once I you get so. tired, yeah. once you get tired of watching the Alabama drubbing, flip over to this game. Sure. Um, sure. It's gonna be a good one. It's uh, um uh, it, we, we don't know who Texas is. And right. and you can say that for, for several years. Um uh, especially after uh, Air, uh Sam uh, what's his name? Erlinger is gone. Right. Um, he was sort of the team's identity for the last uh, dozen years or however long he was there. <laughs> um, we, we know very well uh, who, who Louisiana is. Uh, if you were paying attention at all last year, that's, that is a very, very good team. Um, typically these things work out. Uh, it's just, it's just a question of, of the, the, the talent pool that, that the teams are drawing from. Um, and, and we will, we will, we will say that Texas is still in a power five conference at this point. Um, their guys are bigger and faster and stronger, uh, than the guys that are being recruited by Sunbelt schools. Um, and, and generally that's generally that's going to be enough, you know, halfway through the third quarter, um, that's the, 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 the Sunbelt guys are going to start getting worn down. Um, and, and just the, the, the physical mismatch of the thing is going to, is going to mean Texas going to win that game. And I, and I think Texas will pro will, I'm picking Texas. I'm picking Texas. What I'm saying to you is if, if this game is tight halfway through the third quarter, maybe you should turn it on <laughs> Yeah, because it, it, uh, the, the, the Louisiana guys know how to win. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure the Texas guys do. Yeah. Um, so if it's if it's tight late, uh, get, get get your clicking thumb ready. Um, you know, with whatever game you're watching, uh, because that that it would it would be worth turning it on. Because then I I as you said I I would not be stunned if Louisiana were to win this game. Um, I think Texas will, but that's just is a little something to file away for. Uh, about say six o'clock on Saturday. <laughs> Just check in and see what's going on with this game, and 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 uh, uh, make your adjustments from there. Yeah. <laughs> At seven thirty, um, perhaps the the marquee game of the day, uh, number five Georgia at number three Clemson. I say at, even though this game is at a, a quote unquote neutral site in Charlotte. Uh, Clemson is favored by three. Carla, how's this going to go? This is an intriguing game too, um, for for a couple of different reasons. Like we talked about in the um, in in the our playoff picks, that this should be Georgia's year. But how many times have we said that, right? Um, you know, all the running backs and their good receiving core for the most part return. Mm-hmm. JT Daniel Daniel has more has had more time in this offense um, after taking the helm about halfway through the season last right. year. On paper, this should be. A, a really good offense. And and if we remember correctly in some of the early games, we talked a lot about Georgia's line play mm-hmm. and how dominant they were in the mm-hmm. trenches. Mm-hmm. Um, and that should still be the case here. The offensive line still returns a bunch of talent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the Georgia offensive line is going to be good. The defensive line should be good. The big question for Georgia, if you have to figure out like what's the big question mark for the Bulldogs this year, it's their secondary. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's a challenge going up against DJU. Uh, yes. Um, and a team that likes to primarily throw the ball, especially a team 
that will rely a lot on DJU, I think, early in this season because they lost a lot of talent in the backfield. Yeah, <laughs> right. Just a little. Just, just, a, <laughs> just, a, little just a little bit. bit. Um, so so Clemson's got to find its way at running back. Um, you know, it, it's it, it's going to take a little bit for them to kind of get settled in there. I don't think mm. they're going to have a problem with that, but it's just going to take a little bit. Um, so it's going to be DJ, right? DJ is going to be the one that's going to power this offense early on. Yeah. And so if you're having secondary issues, eek. Um, you know, the, the good news for, for DJ is that they, they get Justin Ross back this year as a wide receiver. Um, and he missed the entirety of last season um, due to, due to an illness, I think. Um, and so he will be a, a, a nice little um, addition to, mm-hmm. to this offense and a, and a reliable receiver with experience for, for DJ. Although DJ, we saw last year, he didn't care. <laughs> Like he's, he's that good. Yeah. Like he doesn't, you know, I mean, the experience is great, but like, he doesn't need it. Um, for Clemson also, even though they're returning 10 starters on defense, they still need better play from their secondary too. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, I feel like it's a bigger concern on the Georgia side of the ball than it is on the Clemson side of the ball, because mm-hmm. just the way that those offense are run when it comes down to making this pick, I, there's one big key thing here and it's an intangible mm-hmm. Clemson plays in the ACC. Right. If Clemson loses this game, mm-hmm. they start the season 0-1, I think Clemson can still overcome that and get into the playoff. I still think Clemson can run the table in the ACC. Okay. Even with a one, even with a loss to Georgia, I think if they are able to run the table in the ACC and win the ACC title game, that there would not be much argument about putting them in the playoff. I don't know if Georgia has that same luxury. I, I feel is, like, is that be, because of their recent history uh, or just strictly because of the competitiveness of the, of the uh, SEC? I think there, I think Georgia is Georgia needs to be able to have some flexibility to be able to have a loss in the okay. SEC, because I think of, uh, you know, the, uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Florida's going to be competitive. You know um, there's, there's more opportunities for Georgia to potentially lose a game than there mm-hmm. is for Clemson to lose a game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And so this is a bigger, like there's a bigger motivating factor here for Georgia. I also think it's a mentality thing. You know, we keep saying this is Georgia's year. This is Georgia's year. Mm -hmm. And we've said that for how many years (laughs) and something always happens. Right. And if you start the season out of the gate, oh, and one. Yeah. What does that do to your team's psyche? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And a year that, you know, a lot of big names are picking Georgia to win the whole dang thing. You know, Um, I've seen several picks that Georgia's going to win the national title. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Georgia needs this game, but I'm going to lean a little bit Clemson here. I think. Okay. Um, location of the game, DJ secondary questions for Georgia. Um, this is the, we're going to, we're going to learn a lot about both these teams in this game. Um, and then it'll be really interesting to see if, if, Clemson wins this game. Mm-hmm. Um, how Georgia responds over the next couple of weeks, yep. um, and whether they can kind of put their season back together. But Clemson by like, yeah. <laughs> Clemson, Clemson by a yeah. Okay, how do you spell? <laughs> is, does that start with an N? Min yin. Min 
M and I don't know. You can write that up in the show notes. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll take whatever spelling you think is appropriate. Okay. Um, uh, some Carla and Crappy Show um, sort of uh, um, uh, housekeeping stuff. I hereby suggest that we retire the term cleansing uh, because recent history um, shows that, that Clemson has sort of put aside its tendency to to, to lose a complete head scratcher every season that they've, they've, uh, uh, they have overcome that successfully. I believe, mm-hmm. I think it should be replaced by Georgia ing. I don't, uh, or, or bulldogging. I think bulldogging is probably the better, the better term, the than, better verb, yeah. the better than, than Georgia ing. Um, by bulldogging. Um, I mean, you, you have, uh, you know, a, a top five, maybe better talent in the country. And for some reason, you, you just can't get there. Um, George has been to one, has, has one uh, playoff appearance, um, beat Oklahoma in a semifinal in a, a game that was absolutely insane, and then lost to Alabama, uh, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, and beyond that, crickets. And this is, this is because... Every year, as 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 you mentioned, um, and we had we mentioned at the top of the show, Georgia is has incredible talent. Yep, and they just don't, for whatever reason, they don't put it together, um, and they don't get to the playoff. Um, so uh, the motion is to retire Clemson and replace it with bulldogging. All uh, do I have a second? I I think I, I think I can second that. Yeah. Okay. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay, here we go. Uh, Clemson is retired. Congratulations, Clemson. You are no longer the whipping boy of the Carl and Crappy Show. Um, until it, uh, until proven otherwise, that goes to Georgia, that honor. Um, I, I, again, I mean, we, we, we talked about this earlier, and we're going to talk about it. You, you just talked about it again. This Georgia team should be lights out. Yep. Uh, stacked on offense. Uh, JT Daniel uh, has, you know, the, the, the quarterback uses that they had the last couple of years. Um, JT Daniels has put that to rest. Um, he should have, I, I mean, Clemson secretary is going to be motivated after he lost to my Buckeyes uh, in the national semifinal last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he should be able to, 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 uh, to go to work against that secondary. Um but again, this this sort of goes back to uh, the, the thing we talked about with Louisiana and Texas. Clemson's recent history is they they win these games. They know how to win these games. Uh, and and I'm not sure that Georgia does. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the things that you mentioned, uh, whether it's the matchups, uh, the the quasi home game for the Tigers. Um. Georgia, Georgia could step up and, and set a tone for an amazing season. I just don't think they will. I, I think Clemson is going to win this game. Um, boys and girls, you can hear the Carly Crappy Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, all of the other 
uh, podcasting hosting services. You can watch us on YouTube if for some reason you would want to do that uh, or on the show's Facebook page. Actually, the reason you would want to do that is my, my cat. My cat was yes. really <laughs> silly early on in the, in, the, in the show. If you like us, please subscribe, rate, and review. If you don't, mind your own damn business and be sure to come back next week to A, see how wrong you were and B, to see if Carla is still here. Um, <laughs> Carla, what final thoughts do you have? So this this week is just insane. Uh, I, I'm so thrilled to have a, a week one college football where fabulously, there are so many good games. And it's fabulously been a insane. Fabulously yes. insane. And we have and, and it's been a couple of years since we've had one of these kinds of weeks. Like yeah. the last couple of years, it, it's felt like, well, 2020, just throw that out the window. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but like 19, I, I like the games were just like weren't spectacular in right. week one. Um, they're kind of the run of the mill kind of stuff. And we got so many good games this week to the huh? extent that there are three that you should pencil in. Oh, okay. Um, starting on Thursday night, which is why we're recording the show a little bit earlier than usual because mm -hmm. college football season starts on Thursday. Mm -hmm. um, Boise at UCF. I love this game so much. That's fun. It's an under the radar game, but it's the start of the Gus Malzahn era at UCF. Mm hmm. He's now the head coach there. And Boise hired a head coach from um, UC Davis by the first time head coach. His name is Andy Avalos. He runs the fun and gun. Oh, air my raid. God. Yes. So we got an air raid offense going on the road at UCF on a Thursday night. Shenanigans guaranteed. <laughs> I will be watching my game, but I'll keep my eye on that. That'll be that'll be an, like an iPad game. I think that, that's yeah. what we'll do there. That's that's gonna be one just kind of keep your eye on. Yeah. Um, Friday night game that caught my attention was Sparty at Northwestern. Mm -hmm. That's a sneaky good game. Mm -hmm. um, we'll find out if Northwestern is as good as as they as they were last year. I would I would pick Northwestern that one. I think. Yeah, it's that's gonna be really interesting, and, mm -hmm. and you know the beginning of a new era at at Michigan State. Um, and then on Saturday, I, I joked with you about this one. This is the Big Ten wannabe game. Um, Stanford on the road at Kansas State. Um, two teams that don't play in the Big Ten, but both of them play Big Ten style football. Yes. Um, I, I love this game so much. <laughs> like, I don't care what else is on. I'm keeping an eye on this game because I just love the, the style both those teams play. Um, it, this is that's a really intriguing game. I'm not sure. I, I would lean Stanford, I guess. But, mm -hmm. you know, we might have the first um, inaction of the uh, Stanford postulate. Oh, um, oh, geez, there it is. Okay. There it is. Yep, yep, week one. We might be talking Stanford postulate because I would think Stanford should win this game. They probably have more talent on their I side of the so. ball. I think but so. on the road at Little Manhattan, don't underestimate that environment. That's tough. That's tough. So many good games. Down the schedule stuff that's not top 25. Like, go spend some time. Go through the schedule. Find some of these under, you know, undercard games and, and pay attention to them. It's going to be a real fun weekend. I will not be doing that on Thursday night. I will be no, paying won't. attention to the over oh, the the overcard. If it's the other games <laughs> of the undercard, that would be an overcard. Um, my Buckeyes are traveling um, to to take on uh, Jim Trestle Jr. Uh, PJ Fleck in in uh, in Minnesota, Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. uh, it won't be snowing to my immense disappointment, but that's that's okay. Um, but there will be boat rowing apparently. Uh, I mean the Mississippi River's right there, so they can they can row the damn boat all they want to. Um, <laughs> Uh, but the game I will be watching Saturday night, um, and this I think this would qualify as an undercard game. Uh, we mentioned in the Sunday in the uh, the, the summer show, excuse me, um, that uh, Ohio University's head coach Frank Solich has retired. Mm -hmm. uh, at 7 p.m. Saturday in Athens, Ohio, the Tim Albin era begins for the Bobcats. Uh, Albin has been uh, Frank's offensive coordinator for uh, two or three million years, um, which is almost as old as Frank is. 
and and it starts with an interesting home game. The Bobcats are hosting Syracuse. Hmm. Um, I should point out the symmetry here. Uh, after being unceremoniously dismissed and taking a season off um, from uh, from Nebraska, uh, Frank began head coaching at Ohio University uh, in 2005. Frank's first home game as head coach of the Bobcats was against Pitt, another ACC school. Um, mm -hmm. Although at that point, I think They're they were Big East. Big East at that point. Both, both of them. Both of them were Big East. Uh, in that game, which was at that point the the um, the biggest attendance, uh, the the record attendance in Peden Stadium, um, uh, OU beat the Panthers sixteen to ten in overtime. So, the Tim Alban era starts. His first home game, uh, his first game, his first game as head coach, will be against an ACC opponent. Syracuse is favored by a point and a half because I think Las Vegas just said, "Look, we can't." We can't, we can't pick an ACC, or you can't pick a Mac school over an ACC school. You can't do it. We can't do it. I'm telling you right now, I am telling you right now, Tim Albin and the Ohio University Bobcats will beat Syracuse on Saturday um, and setting off another glorious era in the history, the long storied history of Ohio University football. I, I don't I doubt, do. I don't doubt that. That, that would not, I, I would put money on that. That's, that's two picks right there, boys and girls. That's yep. um, whatever games you watch. Uh, Carla's point about uh, this being an incredible opening weekend is right on. It is a, a nail on the head in whatever other, um, whatever other idioms you want to use. Uh, it's going to be a fabulous weekend of college football. And please don't do anything on Saturday. Don't. Just don't. Just don't just just sit down in front of the TV and watch all this stuff because it is going to be incredible. Carla, I forgot. I, was say, I forgot Please. one more, one very one very quick last thing that I should have put in earlier. Um, I really wish I had something other than water because that's, <sighs> this, this would be the only this, this would be the only correct way to do this. But we talked about Frank Solich during the summer show. I would yes. be remiss if I didn't raise my glass to um, the late Joe Walton. Who oh, passed? Oh, right, you're um, right, you're right. Oh, I just a couple, no. just a couple weeks ago. Um, founder of the Robert Morris. For those of you who don't know, I went to Robert mm -hmm. Morris so much. Mm -hmm. I, I liked it so much. I went there twice. Um, <laughs> got both my degrees there. The school's so nice. Carla went there twice. I went there twice. Um, but Joe Joe Walton was um, the founder of the football program there, and he he was just kind of getting started when I started my undergrad. Mm -hmm. um, the program was was pretty new, and um, I, I post this in a Twitter thread that. Um, as a, as a budding sports journalist, um, Joe treated the student media just as professionally as he would have treated any other member of the media. Mm -hmm. um, always available. He, you know, I was as the sports producer later on in my, in my um, career there, mm -hmm. um, you know, I would get personal phone calls from Joe Walton to my dorm room asking <laughs> about what time he was supposed to show up That's to come be awesome. on the show. And, uh, you know, he, he would stick around for us after the game when we mm -hmm. wanted to do a special, you know, he would, he would do the, the, the huddle because that was when we were still playing at moon. Yeah. Uh, we played at moon high school. And so they do the, the traditional huddle and the, you know, the, the real reporters would then go run to go file their stories. And then the student media, we would stay there because we would do a longer segment with him. And he did that without fail, win or loss. 
That is so cool. Every single game, um, just the nicest guy on the face of the planet. Um, and the stadium now bears his name. And the last time, I think the last time I saw him um, was actually right when they opened the mm -hmm. stadium that he was mm -hmm. there for that. And, and he came over, he still knew my name, came right over and said, wow. hi, Carla, how are you? Um, so it's, it's been a tough haul for him for the last couple of years, but sure. um, he will be greatly missed by the Robert Morris community. Um, and so, so thank you, Joe. We called Joe. him Joe. Wah. We called him Joe Wah. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I, I, uh, and I appreciate you bringing that up that he is uh, in, in Western Pennsylvania um, and, and beyond. I mean, he is a, a legit legend um, and, and started something really cool at Robert Morris. We talked about uh, what, what Frank meant to uh, OU's identity. Um, when when he turned the football the football program around and and I think just adding a football program and having the the success that he did, um, it, it did the same thing at Robert yeah. Morris. There there's there's no way to discount that. So, um, Joe Walton, cheers to you. Cheers, uh, Carla. Cheers to you. Hang on as long as you can. <laughs> <laughs> and boys and girls, uh, cheers to you as you guys watch. The opening weekend, the, the real opening weekend of the 2021 college football season and the 10th, the 10th season of the Carl and Crappy Show. Guys, we will talk to you again next week. Enjoy the games, everybody. See ya. Cheers.